Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Star Wars 7x7 episode 1454 today. Seven reasons why we need a sequel to Solo A Star Wars Story. Yeah, I said it. Punch it, Chewie. This is Bobby Roberts, formerly of Full of Sith, and you are listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So, yeah, maybe it seems a little odd to suggest that we have a sequel to Solo, a Star Wars story. But you know what? I've got a few reasons why it's worth the time and effort. And why don't we start off with the most obvious one, which is back in the days before there was an internet, ah, the good old days, George Lucas knew that he was going to do a sequel to the original Star Wars. And his thought was, if it isn't going to be a big hit, then it's going to be this low-budget thing that I'm going to do on this mud planet called Mimban. And so it was already going to be a go. And obviously, Star Wars was a huge hit, and so they went with the Empire Strikes Back thing, and the Mimbam idea became Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the first novel in the expanded universe. So, you know what? Just because Solo did not do as you know boffo a job at the box office as the rest of the Star Wars movies that have come out under the Disney banner, that's not necessarily a reason to just say, okay, we're done with Solo and all of that stuff, all right? So just let's lay it out there for consideration. And I got six more reasons for you, and let's start off with Chewbacca, all right? I don't know about you, but for all the time that we've seen Chewie in any Star Wars movie, he's just been the reliable co-pilot and friend of Han Solo. And that's pretty much it. Chewie as a character actually became a character for the first time in Solo, a Star Wars story. He actually had something meaningful about him personally that happened in the movie as opposed to anything else. And it was really awesome. And I would love to see more of that. More character development for Chewbacca. How about that for a reason? And here's another one for you. The Millennium Falcon itself, right? We know that Han and Chewie make a lot of special modifications to the Falcon. Well, where we leave things at the end of Solo, A Star Wars Story, Han and Chewie are just now in ownership of the Falcon. So let's see them start to make some of those special modifications. How cool would that be? And here's another one for you. Let's talk about Kira, right? So Kira herself, a very interesting character too. And we know that in the three years where she was left behind on Corellia and eventually became part of Crimson Dawn, some interesting stuff happened to her. And so there's a lot of stuff that can be revealed about how she became the double agent that she did working in Crimson Dawn and also working against Dryden Voss and working for the big boss on the side, like that sort of thing. Or was she really even doing that? Was she just somebody who happened to be knowledgeable about the whole Crimson Dawn hierarchy? and decided, well, this is her time to make a move in the whole syndicate and 
you know, this is how she made the opportunity happen. And she did it at the expense of Han and Chewie and their possible reunited relationship. And not with Chewie, obviously, because that's a new thing. But you know what I mean with Han. And so that then goes into another thing, Han and Kira. So one of the things that got talked about with Solo, A Star Wars Story, and the run-up to it in all the interviews and the marketing prior to the movie is about how this movie was going to explain to us how Han Solo became the guy that we see in the Moss Eisley Cantina in A New Hope. And certainly we've seen the, you know, building blocks, the foundation of that, but the Departure of Kira at the end of Solo, A Star Wars Story is not necessarily what I would say enough to really give you the idea of Han being a you know cynical, hard-bitten, loner kind of guy. Like something a little bit more devastating, a little more tragic needs to happen between Han and Kira. And I mean, after she takes off like that, they have to face each other again, right? They absolutely have to encounter each other again. It's built for it. The whole story is. And then there's the whole issue of Darth Maul, right? So Maul, actually, he's no longer Darth Maul. Just Maul will do. And there are any number of reasons to throw him into the mix. But I think the one that really is most compelling to me is connecting the dots between where he is in Solo and where he ends up when we see him in Star Wars Rebels. How does that actually happen? Because at that point, it would seem that he is no longer part of Crimson Dawn. He has nothing to do with it. And so there's a story there about how Crimson Dawn ultimately goes away or how Maul goes away from Crimson Dawn or something like that. And so to be able to tell a bit more of the story, well, that could be exciting. I mean, just one option for you, how something bad happens between Maul and Kira and maybe Maul kills Kira and Han finds out about it and that makes him decide, okay, that's it. However, Crimson Dawn has to go away. It has to go away. And so he is somehow able to engineer something crazy with other cartels and maybe that's how the Huts become even more powerful and they end up taking down Crimson Dawn. Seems like an you know, an interesting possibility to me. I know it's kind of, you know, headcanon, you know, fan fiction-y, whatever. But, I mean, you've got a powerful Force user in Maul. How does somebody like that get laid low to the point of where we see him wandering around in Star Wars Rebels not connected to anything anymore? I think there's definitely an opportunity there. And the last thing, and it's rather surprising I haven't even mentioned it yet, but Lando, right? I mean, we need more Lando, and we need more of the Han and Lando dynamic. Now, the fact that Han has won the Falcon from Lando... Do you think Lando's going to want to get the Falcon back? I mean, we see how they are in Empire. We see how much <laughs> it matters to Lando still after all these years. Can you not imagine a scenario where Han and Lando have crossed paths again and Lando has tried to get the Falcon back and it hasn't worked or maybe it exchanged hands a second time and then Han had to win it back again? Who knows? But I mean, we've got L337 inside the Falcon and... It was Lando's pride and joy. So it really seems to me that it would be very hard for Lando to let it go. And considering that they travel in scoundrel circles, well, you have to imagine that their paths are going to cross again at some point. So there you go. That's my list of seven things, seven reasons why we need a solo two. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Drop me a comment wherever you like and let me know what you think. I'm going to take a quick break and then we will do last Jedi trivia. Stay tuned. 
Hey Rebel Rouser, no sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do, so please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So last time I asked you to name the prequel trilogy characters who physically appear in The Last Jedi, and these are the six I have. Yoda, Luke, Leia, Chewie, 3PO, and R2-D2. And so today's question for you, how many characters from the original trilogy physically appear in The Last Jedi? And that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you take a blind shot at a Sarlacc tentacle, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a little higher, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.